Welcome, welcome to season three of Ask a Matchmaker. This week is a hotline episode, and if you don't know what that is, that's when you ask me dating questions. I'm joined by my work husband, matchmaker Louis Felix. I've been gone a couple weeks. There's a lot to catch up on. Let's get it. Hi, I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. It's a hotline episode, which means that this is recorded live. And this season, my Ask a Matchmakers are going to have co-hosts. So this week's Ask a Matchmaker, my co-host is Matchmaker Louis Felix, better known as my work husband, Louis. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting to be here. I can't wait to get started. I know. I, I can't wait to get started either. Uh, if you want to join upcoming hotline, follow me on Instagram. I post the links there every other week and you can join me on an upcoming hotline and ask your dating or relationship question live. All right. Before we start taking questions, Louie, how was your summer? Wow. I mean, words cannot really express how my summer was. It was, it was really spectacular. Um, I was not ready for what happened this summer because we went to Greece. That's right. We went to Greece. Yeah, we did. And uh, it was, it, it was like, and I've traveled the world. So I just want to tell you that I've been to Thailand. I've been to Barcelona. I've been all through Europe. You know, I've really, you know, we've been to China. I have to tell you guys, nothing compares to Greece. I mean, I'm not even kidding. It is spectacular. And I'm not just saying this because you're on this uh, podcast right now. I'm saying this because it is true. If you have never been to Greece, you have to stop what you're doing and book your trip for next summer. (laughs) Immediately book your trip for, for next summer. So for those, who don't know, for those who don't know, uh, I hosted a retreat on the island of Bados this year and Louis being part of the Agape team came, of course, we're doing it next year. Um, and in fact, registration is a few days after this episode posts. So if you're interested in joining us next year, please look at the episode notes. Uh, but Louis was there and um, we were there with 30 people and uh, it was like Louis said, it was awesome. I had a really great time. I had so much fun bonding with the women, but you know, what was really surprising for me, um, was the aftermath. You know, we have this WhatsApp group of all of the people that attended the retreat and my God, every morning I wake up and there's at least 20 notifications (laughs) from that group. Like the way, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like they're networking. They've already gone on. Some of them have already been on a few trips or planning a New York reunion uh, in a few weeks. Uh, So it's, it's really incredible. The camaraderie of the attendees and that I thought that was really great. Let me tell you my big news in Greece. Speaking of Greece. So I mentioned this in the teaser last week, but my mother-in-law said, I love you to me. That like, that's a big deal for me. Like, you know how that is a big deal for you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, what you've gone through. Yeah. It, it was really tough. We had such a weird relationship. She didn't like me for a really long time, not because I did anything to her, or her family, but because I wasn't from the same Island as her family. Like I wasn't Greek enough. And in fact, I have a really funny joke about this. 
So like the word, if you've ever watched my big fat Greek wedding, they constantly keep calling Ian a Xeno, which means a foreign <laughs> person, which is right. essentially saying like, they're not Greek. Right. And all these years that I was with my husband, she would tell people, this is before we got married. She would tell people he's with a Xeni, Xeni, no Xeni, Xeni. Yeah. And I remember his sister gives, but we were, we were engaged, um, to be married and we're at the hospital and his sister just gave birth and I'm suddenly meeting more of my mother-in-law's friends that I had not met before. And they come and introduce themselves to me. And I, you know, I immediately start speaking Greek. Uh, my dialect is pretty good. So, you know, most people wouldn't know that I was, you know, raised in America and they go like, they turn to my mother-in-law and they're like, oh, he broke up with the Xeni. No. And she's like, no, Maria is the Xeni. And, no way. And they're like, what are you talking about? She's Greek. And my mother-in-law is like, she's not from Crete. And I just like that just kind of gives you a look, a bit of the vibe for like the last, wow. you know, of the 10 years I've been with my husband, like the eight years. And last year, like summer was really good. We hugged each other. That was like a big deal. And then this year we decided to do a family photo shoot um, in Crete, uh, you know, with my in-laws, my sister-in-law, her kids, our kids. Like we did a whole thing on this like cliff. And to get to where we were going, you know, my mother-in-law was by herself because my father-in-law was like 10 feet ahead of us and she needed help to get down because she's wearing, you know, heels. And I, we started holding each other's hands and I, we were behind everyone. I remember thinking like, can someone turn around and just acknowledge that we're holding hands right now? And my sister-in-law like turned around at some point. She's like, oh my God, like she got excited. And then, um, like a few weeks pass because we were, we were in Crete for three weeks and like two weeks pass and she sees. So I went to my friend Irene's wedding and her placemats, like so that you know where you would sit, you had to find the photo of you. Like if you were a couple that she felt inspired by, she had you and your spouse's wedding photo framed where you're supposed to sit. Wow. And then you took that home. So uh, we're there and I had, I was carrying this photograph of me and my husband from our wedding, but it's a photo of mostly me. Um, George is like in the background and uh, I had it framed and my mother-in-law sees it as we're packing uh, to go back to America. And she's like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's a photo that my friend Irene gave me to have from our wedding. And she's like, can I have it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And now when you open the door to my in-laws house, she put it like right in the front. What? Like as you open the door, I know this is a big deal. As you open the door, the first thing you see when you get into my in-laws house is this photo of my face welcoming <laughs> you into the house. This is such a big deal, like at my in-laws house. And then as I'm leaving, she hugs me wow. and she says, Sarapao, Alicia, which means I love you for real. And I, I, I said back, I love you too. And I'll tell you something. I, I didn't just say it because like, oh, someone said it to me. Let me say it back. I'll tell you why I said it. I've always loved her. You know why? Even, even if she was horrible to me in the past, I always loved her because I really love George. Like I love the human being right. that she raised. He's the perfect person for me. And I just have, like, I honor her in this way. And I, I you know, I genuinely said, I'm going to start crying. I genuinely said it when I meant it. Like I've always wanted her to love me. It yeah. took nine and a half years, but we're oh finally here. And I'm yeah. just so happy because there's a lot of people like me who are in these really weird family dynamics and who are like, yeah. you know, and I think 
the secret to it is, is twofold. One, whatever that person is saying to you, don't take it personally. Half of the time it's projection, but two, your partner has to advocate for you and your relationship. I was never going to tell George it's me or your mother. That's the most ridiculous ultimatum. That's his mother. But he still has to advocate for my own well-being and my emotional stability. You know what's so interesting about this story, Maria, is Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of people probably listening to this who have broken off dating someone because of their family. So how did you like maneuver around that? I mean, listen, it took you nine and a half years after you were married to hear this, right? So like, I can't imagine what your dating life must have been like, much less the first nine years, right, of this marriage with, you know, with your in-laws. But um, how did you like manage that? Well, we live 5,000 miles away. So that (laughs) helps a lot. But also, um, this is going to sound stupid, but the the concept of gentle parenting, which I don't even do on my kids, but I did it to my mother-in-law. Like, you know, if she were to say something really? salty, which old people do sometimes, I would redirect it. I would say, like, if she's about to say something, I could tell. It's like, oh, you know, what are you cooking today? <laughs> How did you make that? Yeah. Like, go into, you know, her own comfort level where. And then also, I remember last year, last summer, someone said something like to tease her. And I immediately defended her. Like, Mm. don't tease my mother-in-law. Like, don't do that, you know? And I think that made her feel really special. And I think from there, it just kind of grew. But yeah, it it, it is hard. It's like that saying, never let him see you sweat, right? Like you really handled yourself with like, like so well in in those situations. She has seen me cry. She has seen, I one time, once I slammed my hand on a car because of her, she's seen that. So she's seen me like react to certain things, but you know, I don't hold grudges. I've always wanted this yeah, relationship to work. It was really yeah. important to me. So, and you, it, know. you know, just it's a reminder that you really are, you know, dating um, the person that you're with and the family's the extension, but it's kind of not worth it. I love that you just didn't let it bother you like publicly. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's not it worth tough. it sometimes. Yeah, it was, it was really tough for a few years, but for yeah, a lot of years, but you know, I'm happy we're here. It was a big deal for me. Yeah. And I, I just, that was, if you asked me what the highlight of my summer is, that's number one. And it was the last day. It was literally like an hour before I got on a plane back to America. That was the highlight. Wow. The yeah. second highlight, of course, was the trip to, to Pados, like spending, um, you know, a whole week on an island with wonderful people who just want to connect and learn from each other. And and then yeah. from there, celebrate their wins and their, and learn from their losses together, like, Oh, that just, it made this so rewarding. And I'm just so happy to share that with you and the rest of the team. So. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and, and the truth is it was life-changing and it was, it was life-changing not only for me, but for a lot of people on this trip, um, just the outpour of, um, feedback that we received after this trip was truly life-changing. So, yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah. And then from there, uh, this summer, another thing that we kicked off was, uh, dating assessments. Yep. That's been and really, really interesting. Yeah. Louis, Louis, you've been doing that all summer. I've been, uh, I've I have been, just been watching you go and I love it. Um, can you want to talk a little more about that? Um, yeah, those dating, so dating assessments are really, are really cool. Um, and I think they're cool because I think people book these, these dating assessments with me because they think I'm just going to tell them about like the agape programs and make a recommendation on which program they should go with. And that's not at all what the, what this is. 
Um, we really dive into like your past relationships. We dive into what's been happening or not happening when you date, how many people are you dating currently? What apps are you on? What's the outcome of these dates? Um, and at the end, I mean, ultimately what we're doing is we're going to create an entire strategy, uh, or an action plan, if you will, uh, a moving forward action plan. And it's been so cool. I mean, I'm not even kidding. So a lot of people can't afford to hire a matchmaker um, or a lot of people can't afford like maybe a big program or, you know, doing these big, you know, programs that these companies offer. And so this just gives you an opportunity to really um, dive into like what's happening, you know, is it like a certain percent, I say this all the time, but a certain percentage of why you're single, I mean, is because of you and a certain percentage is because of who you're meeting. But really understanding right. that equation and breaking it down and then creating an action plan has been so, so, so rewarding. And I think it's, it's really life-changing for a lot of people. And I'm actually getting emails from people who had one assessment with me that found themselves in relationships. They did exactly what I said and they said it worked and they're in relationships. Um, so it's just been, it's been awesome. Yeah. I'm super, yeah, I'm, super I'm really proud it. of this new program yeah. and I love it. And and if you're interested in in doing one, I'm I'm obviously going to include a link in the episode notes for you to do that. Okay, let's get to the hotline. Let's take our first question. Hey T, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. What's your question? Hi T. Hi Maria. Hi Louis. Hi. My question is: I've uh, recently met a really great guy um, who I um, really enjoys company. And I see a lot of potential in it. I've been, I'm 36 and I've been single more than I've been in relationships. And while dating has been frustrating here and there, I've actually enjoyed the experience of dating. And so, um, you know, I want to pursue this relationship with him. How do I, like, what advice can we say, like, goodbye to this whole lifestyle that I've had for so long? You know, like, there's the fun and the novelty of dating. Like, how do I just say goodbye to all that and very confidently follow up question for you first before question of clarification rather yeah how long have you been dating this person uh seven weeks six seven weeks and so you're asking how to say goodbye to single tea yes you know yeah. i have been there louie have you been there you know, it's been quite some time since I've been there personally, but I know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to know, like for me, I felt what she's describing ooh, four months after I met George. How long did it take mm. you when you met your partner? Um, well, my situation was very different. So I didn't I don't think I ever really I didn't I was never much of a dater myself. So mm -hmm. uh, I was much more of a relationship person. So I didn't really have that single life that I think a lot of people are experiencing today. Right. Of it could be cultural. Right. Yeah. For me, I remember like, it was like shocking. I had to mourn. Like I mm. felt like, I remember the first day I was like, oh my God, do I want to cheat on my boyfriend? Like I was so, con I remember being confused. Wow. Um, Cause I had gone out with friends and you know, my inclination was to flirt, but I was like, I don't want to flirt with this person. I don't like this person. And then yeah. that's when it hit me that night. I was like, Oh, I need to mourn that part of like, I enjoyed my single life, but it, it took me, it took me a few days oh. to just like, let her go. Like, wow. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's what T is reflecting on now. Is that where you yeah, are? I mean, it's, I was thinking of the word mourning and I'm, and thanks for validating that because I recognize what I have. And, and mm -hmm. I know a lot of times you talk about 
people are used to the anxiety of something or like the novelty of something, right? I recognize that. Um, you know, so I want to pursue this with him. And I know I ultimately want a long lasting relationship, but yeah, I mean, at this age, having had, you know, I've had relationships in the past, but being single more than not, um, I kind of am missing it because it's a habit too. It's a lifestyle and, totally. um, you know, and I don't want to risk anything and I don't want to have any resentment either and feel like I'm locked into something. I have to remember, these are my choices. I'm still deciding to be in a relationship, but yeah. it's a, I feel a little conflicted sometimes. All of these feelings are so valid. And I don't want you to think that because they're valid, you are going to start resenting this person or you feel like, you know, you've made a bad decision because you feel these things. I think a lot of people feel this way, even when we're, they're with their person. And I think I can only, I don't have any studies here to like reflect on, which would usually I would, would be my go-to, but I can only speak from my own personal experience that like what got me to snap out of this. And I, I'm telling you, it took me, it took me maybe a couple of weeks, like maybe two weeks where I had to like, remember what it was like to be single. Like I love being single. I had a really healthy single life. I love dating, but I also dated a lot of douchebags or I dated people that left me confused all the time or left me in a state of panic or anxiety. And I was like, suddenly with someone who, yeah. you know, stepped up to the plate and how good that felt. And I was like, well, wait a second. Like, I don't, I don't want to go back to that either. Like this is such a gamble. Yeah. And I think you have to ultimately decide, you know, okay, you're seven weeks, which is pretty monumental on its own. Yeah. So you know, you don't have to decide if this is the person you're going to marry and have kids with, if that's, uh, if these are at either of your goals in life, but you know, sometimes it's okay to take things week by week until yeah. you feel a little bit more secure in the road that you're currently walking on or driving on. Thank you. Yeah. yeah if, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I think you're in a really powerful position. I know that's really weird to hear. Um, but I think you're in a power, powerful position because I don't know. I feel like awareness is half the battle when it comes to these types of situations. And I think a lot of people don't understand what they're feeling or why they're feeling something. And so you're really in tune with yourself and you're really aware. And it's a very powerful position because now you can make like really powerful decisions and choices. So I don't know. I'm excited for your, for your, for your path moving forward. So mm -hmm. like, you know, letting go of my past, I feel, or letting go of your past, you know, although as, as challenging as it may feel, I think, I think you're in a really great position to, to really look to the future. I'm so excited for you. Totally. Thank you. Thank you both yeah. very much. And I don't want to take up more time. I just want to say one comment that maybe resonates with other people too, that I think when we're dating, we're hopeful, um, you know, with each date, but I was caught off guard. Like I was surprised, right? Like I didn't think like this is going to be a possibly longer lasting one. And I think that's something, I don't know, I'm also like um, working through. It's a nice surprise. I think everything you're feeling is valid and that's, and it's okay. It's, it's okay to take it week by week. And I'm, I'm just like, like Louis said, I'm just so happy for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Fall is here and there's more to do than ever. Concerts, parties, a weekend away. We are back, baby. Are you ready to unlock your dream closet without breaking the bank? Well, let me tell you about Newly and how to save $20 off your first shipment. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service, and for $88 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you've got going on. 
You'll get access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands. I am a size 14, but they carry a whole range of sizes from petite to plus to up to 5X. And there's fast, free shipping, returns, professional cleaning. You don't have to worry about laundry. And of course, the option to buy what you love at a discount. I spent all summer wearing Newly, and you better believe I'm going to spend all of fall doing it too. Fall fashion, do it in a big way without getting the fast fashion ick. And let's talk about the best parts of Newly. One, sustainability. Newly lets you love fashion in a way that's kinder on the planet. Orders are shipped using reusable totes, no plastic packaging. Clothes are cleaned using energy and water efficient methods. And more importantly, the styles are repaired and upcycled rather than ending up in a landfill. And two, it's flexible. There's no fees, no late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. It's no big deal if you lose a button or you spill something or you just need to take a break. Your life needs flex and Newly gets it. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code MatchmakerMaria20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code MatchmakerMaria20 to sign up and get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's. Code MatchmakerMaria20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Maria, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. Hi, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so long story short, uh, I dated someone during the first months of the pandemic who by your podcast, uh, definition and just in general was a textbook narcissist and at the very beginning of the pandemic it's like you start off the pandemic thinking oh I'm safe I'm in a relationship and then it ends so I I was definitely felt very empty cut to the th- thick of the pandemic I really felt lost I started therapy I did even did EMDR to heal past traumas um, and I, I was really working on taking care of myself and I still am to this day I'm very much I'm trying to uh, lean into the self-awareness and yoga. So after a long hiatus, I'm finally ready to date. And using your hints on the how to dating app, do dating apps, I'm still struggling to see if the area I live in is right for me. Maybe Mm. um, I'm wondering what advice you would give for somebody who feels kind of like a fish out of water. And um, I when you first think about it, it's like, oh, you're going to move just because the dating pool is not right. I just feel I would move. Are you kidding? <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I feel like there's a lot of judgment there. And then in general, um, the dates I've been on, it's like a two part question kind of, but the dates I have been on, I thought went really well. And then I don't hear back. So I guess mm-hmm. just kind of getting your thoughts on like re-getting into the dating life after been being really burned um thinking that you're self-aware but does that make sense it does and I, I I would love to hear Louis take on it absolutely but um I just want to remind you that like whatever problems you experience in dating those things follow you in different cities just because you move it doesn't magically right. change your outcome so if you're yeah. telling me that you go on first dates and you're not getting second dates we got to talk a little bit more about that but I will say that when you do move to a different city What I think it does do for a lot of people is that it creates this for not all people, but for a lot of people, this insane momentum, like I've just moved to a city. I got to do all these things. I got to make new friends. I got to discover things. And it's like, suddenly you're networking. Suddenly you're doing things that you could have done in your last city. You were just over it in that city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But But what city do you live in? I'm I'm just so curious. (laughs) 
Yeah, sure. So um, I'm uh, in the D.C. area right now, mm. and uh, my family is very close as well to this area. But I mean, when I mention it to them, they're just like, yeah, we, I mean, if you move, we just say bye. I'll visit you later. So right. it's not a oh, matter wow. of. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a matter of like visiting or, or being far away from family because I'm independent like that. But, you know, um, but yeah, D.C. for me, it just hasn't been uh, hitting the mark, I guess. Are you, um, how are you meeting these, these men? Are you using the online dating sites, the apps out and about? Like what, 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 what is your method of, of dating or finding your dates? Um, I've been using uh, Hinge and Bumble mostly. Mm. Um, I tried OkCupid, but it just felt kind of like I was getting bots or spam a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wouldn't touch Tinder with an eight-foot pole in this area. So uh, I'm kind of relying on those. And then um, honestly, I've been kind of agoraphobic with the pandemic. So I want to be able to go out. And I think I'm discouraging, discouraged because a lot of my friends aren't like single like I am so it's like how do I just go out and like conquer that social anxiety but yeah um you know what's interesting is you know there's and I've been talking to a lot of people about this well right now is a great time to go out just in general but like when you date Mm -hmm. do you go to dinner do you go for coffee like what is your what do you do when you go on a date both of those I also for a couple of second and third dates I went on we did a museum which was pretty fun Mm -hmm. um which I I personally like you can tell a lot about people a person when you go um but uh yeah it's mostly coffees and dinners and just walking around dc yeah you know this summer marie i don't know if you know this i coined puzzle dating i don't know if you know this so <laughs> i, I thought this. you should Tell go to like everything. one of those yes. yeah go to one of those games you know the coffee game places or the game places where they have all the different board games and you can yeah, get a drink oh yeah a boardroom okay i didn't know that's what it was called so yeah um, it happened because it's oh, wait, 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 there is yeah. a game place called Boardroom. Oh, yes. Awesome, right? Okay. So um, <laughs> that is the most brilliant in. name ever. Oh, yeah. Like in New York, it it's just Fat Cat where they play jazz music while you play shuffleboard. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> fun, too. Yeah. So basically, the- it's puzzle dating. So you go and, yeah. and you, you have to do a puzzle on your date. So basically, like, let's say the first day, it's like a hundred piece puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like you get great insight on like, are they helping you with the puzzle? Or are they like, oh, I'm going to do this faster than you? Or I'm better at puzzle <laughs> puzzles than you are? Or are they like really caring and nurturing? How's the conversation? Like, and you always have something, oh, is this your piece? No, is this my piece? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, I feel like, and then your second date, you do like a 250 piece puzzle. Oh my god. And gosh. then the third date, it goes higher and higher. And that way you spend more time with each other each date you go on. This so I don't know. I kind of I kind of thought of this idea and called it puzzle dating. Um in Toronto, so apparently is, it's called yeah. snakes and lattes. <laughs> I love that's that. like uh, Louis, we got provocative. Like that's a little like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's saying. that's that's sorry for interrupting you. I, yeah. I just had to learn yeah. more about this concept. So, so Louis, yeah. tell us more now. So you so, think yeah, you should do more puzzle dating? No, I mean, I just made that up. It's something really mm-hmm. silly that I came up with, but my point is I think activity dates should always be like the first two or three dates should always be activity dates. Cause it's a little mm-hmm. awkward. It doesn't, even if you're, if you're on a business meeting, having lunch with somebody or having dinner with somebody, right. or even having a drink, sometimes there's awkward silence. You, mm-hmm. And like, clearly we're super talkative, right? But for some reason you go on a date and you have like nothing to say and you can't yeah. think of anything to say. And you're like, how does that happen? So I don't know. Activity dates is, are, are always great. 
Um, I love walking dates. I did my first date with my husband was the Boston Freedom Trail, which took us like seven freaking hours to do. Oh my gosh. Because we stopped for brunch. We stopped Mm, for uh, oysters. Yeah. We started reciting friends scenes to each other. Like you can, you can get, I love, I love walk dates. So I'm so team walk date, but so Maria, you know, you're telling me that you're going on all these first dates. You're not going on second dates. Uh, this is going to sound a little, hmm, but do you, do you look like your photos? Yes, I do. Did you, have you asked any straight man that you're friends with? Yeah, actually. <laughs> okay. One of my friends, uh, him and I actually traded uh, phones and we looked at each other's profiles just to see, like, just to actually make that, um, a sum or that, conclusion and mm-hmm. all my photos are recent yep so how many times are is are you not going on a second date because you don't want to go on a second with, date with them or they don't want to go on a second date with you so can, can you get help me understand the ratio between this yeah sure so i'll be quite honest with you both it's only been like maybe five dates in the last six months okay um, two of which were this with the same person the same week that was mm-hmm. especially the one that i thought it would be uh, a bit more and maybe it's just because I'm, you know, asserting boundaries. Um, like, you know, they wanted me to come over the second date. I'm like, nope, not doing that. Um, <laughs> I know much better than that. Um, so perhaps it could be just the wrong match. Um, but a lot of times I'll ask like opening questions on Hinge and Bumble and just never hear back. That's my biggest thing. And it, mm-hmm. it's typically something very like, PG and very like like thought provoking and open ended, but it seems like it's just a dead zone. Which I'm like, maybe I just don't buy with people here. Now, are you asking these questions after you like like a photo and then they they like a photo of yours and then you open the com- the communication? Is that how that happens, or are yes. you just asking open ended questions to people that you like and waiting for a response? Um, a, well, technically for Hinge, it's that's how it works. Yeah, it's the the latter yeah, you have to like each other. Yeah, for Bumble, you yeah. like each other. The women um, typically respond first, but yeah. And DC is a transient city, like Boston. It is. It is mm-hmm. such a transient city. Like it, like um, like Boston. It's like after the postdoc, everyone moves away. Or like in DC, oh, yeah. like yeah, the president, the person that you didn't want, uh, got elected in. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. You know what, Maria? Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to tell you? Um, I'm, I'm so curious. I'm, I'm more concerned about the people you're not meeting. Than I am the people that you are meeting. So like right? the people that you're not swiping on or that you're not communicating with. So like, I don't know, Maria and I always have this debate, but we really do believe that most people have swiped past their husband or wife multiple times. They just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious, like maybe you can broaden or expand like who you're choosing. I'm not sure. It's so hard to yeah. answer these questions sometimes without knowing like your dating history or how you're, how you're right. maneuvering around these sites. Sounds like I need a dating assessment. that would be good but um the one thing i will say and this is just a general statement so please don't take this personal because sometimes i say things and people get upset um sometimes the the more you do something the better you become at it right so that's with everything in life um so i've been talking to so many um individuals that just get really good at maneuvering around these dating sites and these um online apps and these apps um 
and what that just means is like, you're like really good at, nope, he's not right, not right, not right, not right, next, 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 you know, and you're not like when you first think back to when you first started using these apps and these dating sites, most people were like, oh, let's read this bio. Oh, look at these photos. Oh, look at this photo. I like this, these two photos. I'm not sure about this photo. And -hmm. like now here you are like years later and you're like, nope, 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 nope. So I kind of feel like get back to basics might be really good advice. So just like try to slow down and take a little bit more time to get to know like each person that you're looking at and kind of appreciate each person and the time and energy that they, that they took. And you might do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But maybe if someone looks good on paper, you have to meet them. Even if you're not attracted to him, that's kind of my general rule of thumb, because I feel like maybe the number is about 60% of the people look better in person than they do in their photo. And that's just my own, in my own head. So I'm not going to like quote a study, but um, (laughs) I feel like that's the number. So I don't know, maybe get back to like basics that might help. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a good point. Cause I definitely do feel like I'm sh- like swiping through like, oh, this guy looks like a fuck boy, not doing that. Like <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, definitely kind of hard in DC, but I really appreciate the advice. I don't want to take too much time up, but uh, I appreciate everything um, that you guys are doing. And it's been fun um, following along with all the different uh, Ask a Matchmakers and all that. Thank you for listening and thank you for your question. Let's move on to Anne. Anne, welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'd love to hear your question. I'm actually from Toronto as well. So we have our snakes and lattes. Um, (laughs) That's real? It is. It is. I've been there with my girlfriends, just not with men. I think it's probably a great date spot too. Um, So I'm Canadian and much like the last caller, I always felt like Toronto is just definitely not a dating scene. I'll say, say that to everyone and everyone will agree with me. Like, like my straight friends, my, um, my gay friends, like girl, like, yeah, there's no one here except I've only dated American men probably for the last seven years, all long distance. And they were all great in their own way, but it's always been long distance. But I see a huge difference between like the, the chivalry of American men versus Canadian. And I know Canadians are known to be um, very nice and I like to differentiate between them as being Canadians are very polite um, but Americans are friendly and like polite is great but you can't it's hard to connect with polite United um, people from United States like when you I just want a point of clarification for a second yes. before you keep going when you say you're dating Americans what state are you dating <laughs> oh, um, I dated someone from Nashville I dated someone from St. Louis, Missouri. I okay. did someone from California. I did someone from Manhattan who was. Oh, wow. Really okay. So she, okay. Right. And my partner so she, she from- really said United States. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to, I, it doesn't matter now, I guess. So, Anne, keep going. What's your, what's your question? Well, that's a, that is a good point. Um, and now the person I'm dating is from Florida. Uh-huh. Um, super like, made his intentions very clear we met on hinge when i was there usually i meet them at like tony robbins events so they're usually like in person Uh like i love that that world but this was actually from hinge and i was visiting a a girlfriend there um long story short why i was visiting but we met and he it was very like um he, he pursued me. He came to visit me like two weeks after that. And he's been coming every two weeks since then. And it's been nine months. We're in an exclusive relationship. He talked wow. to the immediately, like took me to Germany to see his parents, wow. all of that. But we, on paper, nothing, 
none of none of the things I'm looking for in a partner is him. And I think the reason I went this far this is because he pursued me so aggressively. And obviously that feels nice. And so what I'm worried about is like, I always thought I wanted a partner who was ambitious. He's not that. I wanted someone super responsible. Like he's 43 and only in the last like two years, he even told me I'm a late bloomer. He's like now a late bloomer. So, and he, we just, he's artistic. I'm like more financially ambitious. or sexually. What do you mean by late bloomer? Oh, I'd say financially, but okay. I, he, he doesn't, <laughs> that's a good question too, but he doesn't see himself as that far behind he's actually like very impressed with himself and like the fact that he I'm I'm 35 and he's 43 like he bought his first property just a year ago and now he Mm -hmm. uses it as an Airbnb I purchased my first property at the age of 20 without a silver spoon in my in my mouth my dad was a chronic gambler etc etc I've always had to work really hard and so he's like none of the things I would list on paper everyone who meets him likes him but my mother, who's a pain I really trust, who I had to like pry to get her opinion because she said, I don't like giving you my opinion because if you're not ready to find out, you'll find out on your own. But she said he's he, all she said was he's none of those things you've always said you are looking for. So I'm just a bit confused. I'm so it's- happy I have Botox in my forehead right now because I can feel the muscle spasms. <laughs> You're saying a lot, but you're not, yeah. I don't know if you're hearing yourself. When this episode comes out, I really want you to listen to everything you just said. Which is? Louis, am I doing the takedown here? No, you do, you do it. Yeah. You're, okay. Yeah. So you have this expectation and a lot of your expectation, it comes from your own story, right? You bought a property when you were 20. You did this, you did that. You have your own ambitions. I mean, gosh, if you bought a property at 20 and you said that you don't come from like, you know, you said Silver Spoon, I think like that is amazing. That means, you know, to me, that's like, wow, you were really ambitious 15 years ago. Good for you. But that's your story. That's not other people's stories. And your, your, the measurement stick you're using to measure other people's ambitions and dreams it's not fair to them. Like the fact that mm-hmm. he, how old is he? You said 43. He's 43. And so he bought his first property, his first investment two years ago. Like, you know, geez, like, I don't know if that's, there's a lot I want to say, but I think, why don't you go Louie for a second? Cause I feel like I had to organize Yeah, I think, you know, what, most relationships, I think sometimes people forget that it's a partnership, that you're only exactly. hold half the power, Thank you. right? So like you're 50% of the equation, clearly he's the other 50% equation. However, we're so fixated on what we want a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. right? So like, it's so funny, Maria, cause that's exactly what I wrote. I said, you know, I wrote, well, first of all, my first thought was like, everybody always has this image of who they see themselves with. And I think everybody does it. So I'm not picking on you. Everybody, even I, oh, everyone image, does right? it. Um, but what I wrote down was sometimes what you think you want is not always what's best for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you are saying this is what I want, but the actions behind what's actually happening is sounds like a loving caring relationship it sounds like he's really you know like you get a lot yeah attentive to your needs and he's like you're getting along and you know it's just so interesting you know this is this could potentially be that type of relationship where you say yeah it's not working and then you look back a year from now and say what was I thinking you Mm -hmm. know that was such a great relationship 
So, um, and there's also know. a place for balance, right? So like if I were to, I don't know you, Anne, but if right. you were to do like, let's say an agape intensive, right. Which is one of our group coaching programs. One of the things that we do is we go over temperament. Right. And it, you know, my mind immediately think, wow, 20 years old, she got her first house, like her, you know, her first property. Yeah, that's, amazing. that's incredible. That tells me that you probably are a very quick decision maker and that you probably think very quickly on your feet and, and I'm making assumptions taker. now, a risk taker, right? Yeah. Those people make really good matches temperamentally. Now I'm talking about science, okay? Temperamentally, they make good matches with people who take their time making decisions. They look at all Mm -hmm. the variables before they figure out what path they're going to, right? That is a really good match because the last thing you want to do is, in my mind now, is like, if you are with someone who's just as ambitious as you, at what point in that relationship, maybe seven months in, right? Which is where you're at now. Do you start resenting each other for the competition of glory that you're constantly, you're constantly in? Because that is what happens when two highly ambitious people slam into each other. And I'll even use slam as an innuendo here because the sex between those two types of people can be quite incredible. But at some point that, you know, the regular everyday stuff comes to play. And it's like, oh, you did this. Well, I'm doing this too. This, 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 this. It's like constant competition for glory. Yeah. And I don't want you to be with someone like that. I want you to be with someone who balances you. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that the void I feel is that I don't feel I'm not inspired by him. And that's, and I hate saying that because I feel like that's a really cruel thing but the truth is I don't feel like I inspire him either I just think he doesn't need to be inspired by me he's just fine with he doesn't have that need and the other thing is like uh, when we first met I I never talked about my any accomplishments or anything because I I just don't want to lead with that ever and it he still actually doesn't know I purchased my first property at 20 he doesn't know that but he talks to me as though like, you should really do this. You should really do that. And he's just started out his life. It's sort of like, like he, I don't think he sees himself and he sees himself as way better than I believe he is. I mean, he has surroundings too. And I don't, I shouldn't have to tell someone, Hey, I've been there. I've done that for you to respect me enough to, to speak to me in a way that is not necessary. I don't want to say condescending, but like, I've done it. I, I know better than you. And I, I, w- I would never talk to someone like that. And he does speak to me that way. And I don't know if like, he really thinks I could learn something from him, which I find a little bizarre. I mean, the first word that comes to my head is communication. I find it very strange that he doesn't know when you bought your first house or he doesn't like, I feel like you're withholding information, right? So from a male perspective, I'm kind of like upset, right? Cause you're holding something against me that I don't even know is happening. Right. Like, like, I don't know how to put mm. this into words, but like, I feel like, like, that's not fair, you know? Right. Um, and um, I don't know. I think that there could be 10 things that you love about someone and two things that you don't like, or that you're not sure about. And for some reason, time and time and time and time again, those two things will outweigh the 10 things because people are fixated on what they don't like the negatives, but you, right. sometimes we need a balance. And I love that Marie already said balance, but that's kind of putting it into context with like, you know, is it really worth you know, going through like, I don't know, it sounds like you, you've you made up your mind in a weird way that he's just not right for you. And you're trying to convince yourself why you should stay with him. Um, 
that's what I'm hearing, but it may not be the case. But I want um, to be wrong, and I and I I, <laughs> I respect my friends' opinions, and they all yeah. really like him, and they think they all tell me he's exactly what you need. So I'm like, okay, I just don't want to lower my standards because like he's fine with living with his female roommate for the last 17 years. He he's totally fine with that. I just came along and he's just thinking about moving out at the age of like to me, that's a very low standard for oneself. Whereas for him, it's it's not an issue at all. So I think that's my concern, but. But see, you have, like I said before, like you have a different measurement stick, like another person could say, wow, he did not he got to ride the pandemic with, with another person and not feel lonely. Like right now there is a massive, we keep seeing the studies, right? One in six men don't have friends. Right. Right? And the fact that he has a friend, he has a roommate and the the fact that she's female, I don't know. I don't know if it really matters. That doesn't bother me. I really like her. And we like, so so he's been living with someone. He's learned how to compromise with someone. He's a little bit domesticated in this way. Right. I would be more worried of, if I'm being honest with you, I would be more worried about a 43 year old man who has never lived with a person even for a year because they've never had to learn like, Hey, you got to make space for me too. Right. And I think that your parent, your friend's opinion, I think it really does matter in this case. Um, And then to go back to like, I just want to reiterate and validate Louis for a second. You know, I think it's unfair that you're holding his behavior against him when he doesn't know what cards you're playing with. Like, of course, course he's giving you. Well, of course, he's giving you advice about investments. He doesn't know you have one, you know, like it's like. No, I no other man has spoken to me like that. Like, let me like you should really get crypto like and I would and I and I even once said, well you should like, start oh, off with have... that now I break up with them now but just kidding well, no, I, I own crypto like for example on our on our first our second day he set, talked about it, I said I, I actually own crypto I just bought XRP I bought Ripple and that that was back in November I said I bought that in May he said no XRP didn't exist until three weeks ago I said no I'm pretty sure it did turns I was obviously not wrong not obviously but I mean I like that world and so he was so sure of himself where it's like I'm not I don't want to compete with someone but I feel that from him and so I don't want to take up too much time but it just something is just feels competitive when it shouldn't be because I'm not sure I'm not showing up that way at all and I like staying in my feminine and I just feel like I'm with someone who's acting a bit feminine and like comparing or or something like that how long how long have you been together nine months or 10 months. That's a long time. That's a long time to get to this, to start to like, get to this point. <laughs> well, we're I don't know. Distance. I feel like this would have happened. Yeah. But I feel like this still even long distance should have, would have happened like in two or three months, right? You would start to recognize these things. Why do you think you've been with him for so long? Because he's very persistent. And so what do you like about him? Um, he made his intentions very clear from the beginning. He's persistent. He's a great communicator. And he's also passive aggressive in his communication. So sometimes it's really great, but then other times it's not. So I can't even say that perfectly, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was very persistent. Like I, I really value that. I, there was that. Do you have great chemistry? Is the sex amazing? Like, do you love him? Yeah. Of course I do love him. Like I care a lot about his well being. Do you um, think he cares about your well being? In the best way he knows how, but maybe not in the way I, I need that. I need him to. Okay. So this is my final assessment on this situation. I really think 
that you just need to have a heart to heart with him. You need to sit down and say, I really like you. I love you. I love the way the direction our relationship is going. These are my challenges. I'd love to talk to you about them openly and hopefully you're receptive. And I'd love to hear your challenges with me. And because I feel like you just need to get it all out of the table. Like there's just too many like underlined little secrets that are yes. not being discussed. Um, I really like him for you. I really, really like him for you. Um, I think that I'm hearing possibly a little bit of fear in your voice. Like maybe he is the one and you're like maybe self-sabotaging a bit, or maybe there's something else happening that that's like subconscious that you're not aware of. But, um, you know, just because of the things that you're talking about, they're important, but they're not important. Like, okay, so he wants to, he's trying to be a man. So maybe he thinks he's giving you good advice. Like, oh, you should buy crypto. And, you know, you're not, you're not really forthcoming with it. So then, you know, you're kind of holding it against him for like making you feel like he's talking down to you, making you feel that way. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a really, it sounds like a really good relationship. You're nine months in and you just need to ask yourself if it's worth starting over, especially in today's dating day, day, you know, Um, I'm not sure that it is. He sounds really great. Thank you guys for listening. That This has been really helpful, actually. It's nice to bounce this off of people who are not <laughs> in my close circle. And for people who are like, you sound crazy. I sometimes do need to hear that. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, we didn't. Yeah, well, don't write an email. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question. Yeah. Louis, we're getting so many amazing <laughs> questions. I know this is going to go on a little bit longer. And what we're going to do is we're going to cut here. And continue okay. on part two. Ooh, Louis, part thank you so two. much for joining me. Okay. I love a part two. That's awesome. I'm so excited. It's so fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. And if you want to join us on an Agape Intensive or book a dating assessment or just learn more about Agape Matches services, check out the show notes. All the links are there. Thanks, Louis. See you in part two. And See you soon. And of course, to everyone, be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.